0: Sportsmanship, confidence building, positive attitude, learning from failure and success. You'll find it all here. This is Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is Sports Psychology Today. For more information on our podcast or to advertise with us, go to winnersunlimited.com or email us at drj at As a sports psychologist with 37 years of experience, I've had the privilege of working with athletes at all levels of competition from the professional Olympic level down to youth sports. One of the things that enthralls me as a sports psychologist is the stories that people have who have overcome adversity, who have accomplished their goals. I've had the privilege, as I said, to work with so many great people throughout my career. People who have won gold medals in the Olympics, people who have just accomplished goals. And everyone has a story. Everyone has a motivational story behind them. Sometimes it's their family. Sometimes it's an inspirational story they've heard or seen, but it's something that gets them excited about what they want to do, and then they set goals and try to accomplish them and work towards that. Today we're going to be talking with a young lady who, in my opinion, has accomplished something very few people have done. Her name's Adelie Dutois. She's a South African who competed in the Olympics as an amputee in 2008 in Beijing. She swam in the Olympics as an amputee. She lost her left leg in a scooter accident as a teenager. And yet, this young lady overcame that adversity and went on to compete in the Olympics. You know, to compete in the Olympics is an accomplishment in and of itself. I've worked with our United States Olympic cycling team for a number of years. In 1984, we won nine medals in the Los Angeles Olympics. We hadn't won any in 72 years. And I worked with that team for six, seven years. And to see what they've accomplished to get to that level takes a tremendous amount of personal fortitude, but to do it with a physical disability and to compete at the highest level says so much about yourself. So today we're going to be talking with Natalie Dutois in South Africa about her story and how she overcame her adversity to accomplish her goals. And now I'm privileged to be talking with Natalie Dutwe. She is in South Africa right now, and she now works as a motivational speaker. But she is a, a unique individual. You know, on this show, we talk every week about the mental side of sports and we talk about commitment levels and attitudes and confidence and how you deal with success and failure and and this young lady is someone i'm very excited to talk to this morning because she has an interesting story she lost her left leg in a scooter accident and became an amputee yet competed as a swimmer in the beijing olympics in 2008 she's a gold medalist in the Paralympic Games and the Commonwealth Games, yet she competed in the Olympics, third amputee in Olympic history to compete, and in, 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 in swimming, in swimming. I've worked with swimmers my whole career, 37 years as a sports psychologist. I, I, I'm amazed at how she did this and I'm, I'm excited to talk to her. So Natalie, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, I think, or on the podcast, if I can say that. Um, I think it's, you know, something that's close to my heart, sport, and sport, and I think, you know, psych- the psychology or the psychological side of it. Um, and, and it's quite interesting because, you know, I've never actually wanted to become a coach, but I wanted to um, instill lessons that I've learned throughout my sport in others. Um, so that's been something that has been taken away and I'm therefore grateful to share some advice or, you know, share some insights
0: on the show. So I work with athletes on the mental side and I am just fascinated by your story because to lose a leg as a teenager and then to come back and decide I'm going to keep, I'm going to swim. I'm going to keep swimming. How do, let's just start with, how did you do that? How did you how how did you possibly emotionally psychologically as a teenage girl come back from that tragedy? I mean, what what a terrible thing to happen to you for just forget swimming just a terrible thing to happen, but yet to come back and to compete as a swimmer and then to, then to go on and compete in a, in a, an Olympic level competition. How did you do that? <laughs> I, you
1: know, I, a lot of people think I try and ask that question, and I think- you know, it's it's something that isn't easy, easily explained. Um, and I think the more that i thought about it and and actually gone through my life, I think that I've realized patches that have actually helped me deal with a lot of things throughout my life. Um, I think one of the easiest ways that I can explain how I did it was I literally blocked a lot out. Um, I had family and I had my coach who, you know, believed that, and my physio, actually, and my doctors, when I had the accident, he said, you need to get back to what it is you were doing and as soon as possible. So I I got back into school, I got back into the pool, um, and pretty much that was my world. So I think from that perspective, I was very fortunate that I had that, um, what would you call it, support system around me. But for me, I think it was important, and, and it was a lesson that I learned early on, was how to block out um, challenges and actually just go forward and, you know, go step by step and see how far we could get or how fast we could get. Um, so, you know, with this support structure, um, with myself, um, you know, I didn't have a dream to go to the Olympics when I had my accident, but it somehow became more and more a reality the better I did.
0: How How was it able to become a reality for you? I mean, I'm sure just the devastation as a teenage girl to, to have the accident, first of all, and then to go through the struggles you had and then to end up losing your leg. And it was, what, about a year before you got back into the pool?
1: Um, actually, much less. And so I, I was actually a top swimmer before I had an accident. So I was 14 when I went to my first Commonwealth Games. Um, and, you know, from that perspective, it was, you know, there was always this dream and, you know, everybody said that I was this Olympic hopeful um, from the age of 14 or actually from before that already. Um, and I think for me, it wasn't it wasn't about the dream of going to the Olympics, but it was always about I wanted to better myself and I wanted to better um, what I was doing. Um, so there was also an opportunity for me to, you know, get away from a lot of things. So I got into a team, and I was able to switch off. Um, you know, coming from not a, a very poor family, but a, a plural family and, you know, going to school and swimming was just, it was just love. You know, you could get in the pool and just give everything that I had. I enjoyed swimming, um, which was something I think that really set me in good stead, especially from a young age. Um, you know, I know that uh, scientists always say it's the mileage that adds up, um, you know, and Ultimately, when the age is right and the strength is right, you will be at your peak um, in terms of exercise and in terms of your body as well. But from that perspective, I, I love just I love the training. Um, competition, not so much. Um, I don't really like standing up on my own and getting into a pool and trying to swim. And, um, I must admit that my times in competition were less, um, well, were slower than those uh, actually in training after a few repetitions of a certain events. So I think from that perspective, you know, you start building up, um, what would you call it, Uh, you you build up, and you build up as a person, and you're able to deal with challenges in the pool. Um, As I said, I I was able to block out a lot of things that happened when I was younger. Um, My doctor's always said I needed to get back in the pool as soon as possible, so I think after three months, I got back into the pool, and I clearly had to wait for my wounds to heal. So I don't just have an amputation, but my femur actually broke um, in half. And so I had a titanium rod and I had a big scar on the top of my leg as to where, um, you know, the bone broke through. So I had to wait for all of that to heal and to take um, before I could even, you know, think of getting back into a small pool. I went back to school about two weeks after my amputation, uh, about two days after I got out of hospital. And, you know, yes, I would fall asleep, Um in classes and I'd be joined by other classes and wake up and realize that they weren't my friends and I sort of tried to find my class again. But I think that was the best way of getting back to life again. And, you know, it was about getting back to walking as soon as possible so that your brain doesn't forget um, how to walk or getting back into the pool again so your brain doesn't forget how to swim. And it was actually exactly that, you know. Getting back into a pool, I could swim. I could tumble turn, and it felt like my other leg was, or the, the leg that was off, um, was still there. But it, in actual fact, it wasn't. Yes, it was a little um, sore, um, but other than that, you know, I loved that swim again. It made me feel free. It made me feel like, you know, I still had that leg and I could still do well. Um, I started off in, in the easiest or the slowest lane, and I was always made the slow, the slow swimmers swim against the wall. And you know, when you swim butterfly, you kind of hit your wrist on the wall, so you try and not swim in that lane. And so, for a few months, I worked at trying to move up back to the fastest lane again, um, and leading the fastest lane. And I think, you know, that sort of competition within myself, um, I had the ability, I think, in my body, which is a a, a very good thing. Um, you know, I didn't struggle with injuries um, at all throughout my career. Um, I didn't do too much strength training because I built muscle extremely quickly. So, you know, in a water I mean, this is you don't really want to be too heavy. Um, but from that perspective, I think everything and, and the people around me were just, it was just a perfect combination to be able to keep it going um, and to keep me inspired. And the better you do, the more you want to. And the more you want to, the better you do.
0: Let me ask you this question because as I'm listening to you talk, what I'm hearing is, Prior to your accident, you had instilled in you a really good attitude, a real positive attitude. Because most people that have a, a, tragical, a tragic physical injury, it takes them a long time to overcome that and to come back from that. Obviously, you had developed a very positive, I always call it a positive realistic attitude about yourself to be able to come back from this so quickly. Why, where did that come from?
1: Well, that's such a good question. Um, I actually I wouldn't be able to answer it, but I can say that you know I was uh, 16 when I missed out on qualifying for the Olympics by 0.03 of a second um, in the tournament, the individual medley, and you know I think that was one big challenge that I went through. If I take you back two years prior to that, and I qualified for the Commonwealth Games, but I'd actually missed my race at the Commonwealth Games and it was really negative, and I swam extremely badly. And I think having to cope with those types of situations, you really have to take a look at yourself. And, you know, I got home, and I cried, and I cried, and, you know, my mom would say, but why are you swimming? Why do you want to carry on swimming? And I said, I have no idea, but I went to the pool, and eventually, you know, after a while, you start loving it again. And I think that's what I learned early on. And coming through an accident, my parents had actually also organized for... Some, some disabled, um, what do you call it, just general people to come and visit me in hospital. And I know that, you know, 99% of them wish that the accident hadn't happened to them. And there was one gentleman, um, he's run the San Francisco Marathon, he's run you know, a marathon in South Africa, and he's a South African gentleman. And I didn't see a disability when he walked in and he sat down and he said to me, you know, it's possible for you to achieve this and achieve this and, and then he took his shoe off and he was only really missing half a foot. And I think as the years went on, I actually realized that I probably have very similar challenges to what he has. I'm missing half a foot, whereas I'm missing half a leg. So, you know, it's just one of the things that can become a challenge, but it's how to overcome those challenges. Yes, I wouldn't just go and climb a mountain with someone um, because I'm scared to keep them, you know, hold them back. Um, I can't run. My brain has completely forgotten how to run. But I think I live with an attitude that I wake up every day and put a cross thesis on, and every day I look at it, and every day I'm reminded of the accident, or reminded of what happened. And you know, it's to to keep going because you have that decision to either stay back or keep going. But and, see, see if I can, honestly, if, you know, if, now.
0: If I can interrupt you here, yeah. because just just what you just said right there is, I think, so important for so many people who are listening to this, because. Your attitude right there is, I, I, as I said, it's a positive, realistic attitude. I've got, I've got a prosthesis. I've got to put it on. I've got to keep going. A lot of people in these situations will look at whatever the situation is that's bad for them, and they'll get depressed, and, and they'll get paralyzed, and they won't move on. What's, what allowed you to do that? What allows you to keep moving on, Natalie? Because that's, I think that's a trait, a characteristic that you've got that's unique to a lot of other people that, that they don't have. What do you think that is that allows you to keep moving on internally?
1: You know, I, <laughs> I don't think there's one thing I can pinpoint And I've actually had a conversation with a few psychologists about this. And, you know, because I say to them that everybody can just get up and walk off. But if you just choose to do that, it's a choice. And, you know, they all come back to me and say, no, but some people don't have the ability to be able to be positive um, around all of that so you know for me it's been challenging to understand that but I think in terms of of, of where I am at um, you know if I can give an example I I haven't been in a pool for 8 years and I decided you know what my back's giving me problems my hips giving me problems and I should go and sit with now, but you know what I'm going to get back into a cement pool I've done 3 training sessions in a swimming pool and I can already feel myself feel better and I think it's being able to see what is possible that keeps the dream alive or keeps you going, um, and that's what's kept me going. As to what trait it is, I have absolutely no idea. I've had genetic testing and <laughs> just just very general and um, genetic testing, and you know I've come up with um, a body type that doesn't have a lot of injuries. So for me, it's to be able to just keep going. Well, um, I w- you know, I- even with my leg, that's pretty much my.
0: Right. Yes. I, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. Obviously, because of your your disability, Absolutely. your disability. Okay. You mentally have to even be that much stronger, and that's it's amazing to me what you've done here because so many people who are physically, you know, together they don't have a disability, they can't do it. You 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 have overcome them even. With, with the situation you've had to live with and to me that's that says so much about your confidence level, your attitude. I, I always talk about four key words preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence as the keys to success. And it sounds like those four words are, are part of your part of who you are and part of what you're about. and it's that that especially the confidence you've got a tremendous amount of confidence, Natalie with yourself to do what you want to go do and that to accomplish what you've accomplished, to me is an amazing story.
1: You know, I think I think definitely it's, it's part of all four of that. And if I don't have all four it would be it would be others that actually fill those gaps. And throughout my life I think and I, I mentioned right in the beginning is one of the, the best things that I could do was block out. I could block out that I have one leg. I could get in a pool and swim as if I had two legs. Um and I think it got to a stage, actually, in my disability where, you know, it was I wanted some egg-bodied, and people didn't actually see me as disabled. Um, I actually have people say to me, that you're not disabled. And as time went on, my brain forgot what my leg was like. And, you know, walking, I can't walk faster than what my computer can read. Um, so the swimmers would get on a train and would leave, and it would actually hurt me because nobody realized that I was left behind. But at the same time, I didn't want them to realize it, but I actually did want them to realize it. So it was being able to block those types of things out um, and being able to have one or two people that were there for me. I mean, my manager was there, she traveled with me, just trying to help me mentally with that part of it. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't really been to see a lot of psychologists in my life. Um, I've probably seen one for uh, like three three sessions and that was it. Um, but, you know, for me it was it was fortunate that I had people around me that could actually deal with me in my own arena um, and and pretty much be a psychologist to me, but on a daily basis. So from that perspective, it was like family rather than, um, you know, having an outsider, which is perfect because, you know, you do fight a lot and, you know, things do break down, but they change. And, you know, it took me about four or five years to be able to change myself in terms of, you know, all the negative thinking because I would think... Negative
0: straight away, yeah, um, and that's, you know,
1: even with the disability, I
0: would saying negative yes, yes, and, and and that's that's this whole thing about negative thinking. It's so you know it, it, the research has found that it takes twelve positive statements to overcome one negative. I would say for you, it probably takes three positives to overcome one negative. you You mentally are so strong with what you've been able to do. and I think that that that's a tribute to obviously your upbringing, your support system, and, and as I'm listening to you talk, your support system has been very important to you. The people who, who you care about, who've cared about you, who've believed in you, and that's helped motivate you and spur you on to the success you've had, hasn't it?
1: You know, absolutely. But I also you know, there's a lot of people that am positive out there. And I can honestly say that I've quite achieved quite quite a bit being so negative that the negative actually went, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. Um because, you know, I'm fat, I'm heavy, I'm everything. But you know what, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to give my best. Um, So I think sometimes, you know, a lot of the negatives were so outweighed that eventually I just said, you know what, I give up. I'm just going to do it. And let's just see what can happen. Um, And and that's kind of how I attribute a lot of things to because I'm not the most positive person. Um, You know, if you had asked me, you know, what I would achieve. I, would have, I wouldn't have said to you I would go to the Olympics. You know, a lot of people say, but your times are on par. So, you know what, it's, it's like the one goal at one time. And right before the time, I would say, you know what, I've done the work, but am I good enough? Am I thin enough? Um, you know, all of that goes through your mind. And eventually, you just get up on the block and you say, you know what, I'm here. And, and I'm going to do this. So I think, you know, from that perspective, I got to know myself quite a bit and know you know, how much negative I need to be positive, <laughs> if I can explain it that way. It's, no,
0: it, it, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, yeah what, what you're saying is you use the negative thinking, the negative thoughts as motivators to help spur you on, to, to push you to, to, to be successful.
1: I think so, yes. Um, you know, and it was tough for me to be around positive people because it made me look at myself. And I try to change for it as well, which I have to a certain degree. But my first behavior will always be the very negative. Um, and in that manner, I always hesitate and I take a while before I actually do something. And that is a big challenge. So sometimes it's good to be paired with you know, positive people in order for them to just push you along um, and make you ready even when you're not ready, but they know that you're ready. Um, and basically, you just get up there and say, you know what, I've got to do this. Let's just go and do it. And a, a pure example of it is actually after the Olympics in twenty in two thousand and eight. Um, you know, I'd arrived in Beijing. There was a lot of politics that happened within South Africa, um, and I didn't quite have any um, a hotel to stay in or anything between the Olympics and Paralympics. And I actually, one of my sponsors put me up in a hotel, and I was too far away from any swimming pool, so. I didn't swim for, it was about a month between the Olympics and Paralympics. And for me, that was extremely negative because I'd never had more than two weeks break um, in my whole entire world, well, since I was the age of 12, put it that way. So, um, you know, to, to have more than a two-week break was extremely negative. And I would phone home and say, I don't want to be here. And you know, also coming 16th at the Olympics when I, when I um, placed fourth at the trials, I think from that perspective it was very, very challenging and I didn't want to be there. And the last words that were said to me exactly you're there. You get on that block and all you do is give everything that you have. When you touch that wall, you know, just look up and know that you couldn't have given more. And that's exactly what I did and I'm not saying that I had the best competition of my life. So, you know, all of that negative just it just built up to this positive, but it also shows that all the work for many, many years before that um, you know, actually was the correct work that I'd done. And this was the correct age, the correct mileage, the correct everything to have achieved um, and being at a peak.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you're, you're, uh, the, the, the story about your success, I think, is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. Because to overcome losing a leg, to go on and compete in, in Olympic-level competition, not just in the Paralympics, but in the actual Olympics, to do what you did shows to me how strong a person you are internally and how you've used the negativity as a motivator to challenge you to get better. And, and to, to be off a month, I mean, I've worked with swimmers my whole career. I've worked with five, uh, the club team in Kansas City that I've worked with, we've had five Olympic gold medalists. And my youngest son swam until his senior year in college, so I've worked with swimmers forever. I understand the psychological component of swimming. And to take a month off? And to come back and do that, to me, shows how incredibly strong mentally, Natalie, you are. And I, I, I think you have a tremendous story to share with people. And I think in your speaking, do you find that people are motivated by what you share and what you tell them?
1: Well, it's, it's again, a very strange, a strange thing. You know, people are definitely motivated. And I never quite understood it because I think in my life I've been through more challenges than anything's possible positive or um, and it's it's interesting how people always pick up the goods from all the challenges that I actually share with them. Um, you know, I share missing Commonwealth Games and literally I was in a Zuma pool um, but because of that, you know, I was a big hit in the media in South Africa and I'm this type of person that I don't like getting into trouble um, so it, it was a big big challenge for me and, you know, 16 missing on Olympics and, and deciding whether you want to come back again, then very right next year having a motorbike accident and, and coming from that. And, and I often look at my motorbike accident and I see that that, that change in my life probably made me change for the better. Um, it made me meet people that I don't think I would ever have met. Um, motivation speaking allows me to earn some money. Um, obviously I'm more in the business side of life now than, than actually in sport. Um, but from that perspective, you know, it's 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 people that I've met, places that I've been that I don't think I ever would have um, been to. And everybody says to me, you know, asks me if I had two legs, would I have gone to the Olympics? And honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that because maybe, you know, I would have gone through a psychological problem or challenge, um, which you know my accident happened to just take on another path. Um, I don't know, and you know, I think that's when you're forever grateful. Um, for the people that have crossed your path and, and actually said to you, you can do this. Um, you know, I, as I said, amazing people that have actually said to me, but they know of people that have achieved it and they believe I can. And that was where blocking out the one leg that wasn't there and getting into pool and swimming and seeing how fast I could get and how much better I could get, um, you know, it was challenging going through, I think, more challenging in the political side of things because... You know, as a disabled athlete, you want to just swim and you just want to do well. And people say, but you're disabled, you should be swimming disabled. And because you're swimming able bodied, well, the disabled fraternity wanted athletes to do with me and wouldn't let me swim, and vice versa. So again, I had people, you know, saying, but that you can do it. And, and again, you know, if I didn't have that, I don't think I would have achieved. Um, I often look back and I think, you know, I, I didn't go through this having all the sciences, all the psychology, all the, you know, the medical hopes that a lot of people had. And I often look at some, some athletes and say, but what's your problem? You know, <laughs> you don't need all of that. As long as you know the work that you put in, when you get up on that block, you can just do it. Um, but everybody's different. And I think that's what's special about it. Um, you know, trying to help little kids in this, in the sporting arena, it's challenging because life has become so competitive, not just in sports, but in school life, in business, in everything. And I think that's been a challenge for me because at the end of the day, I just loved what I did. And I got more, I trained more and more. I, you know, got better and better. And kids nowadays are just starting so tough so soon. Um, So it's tough for me to see that. And, And I think some of the lessons that I've learned in my life have come from my swimming career. Um, and, and that's what I want to instill back in the youngsters. It's that love for it. It's that drive. It's that competition. It's, it's being able to focus on things and get them done when they need to be done and not put them off for tomorrow. Um, it's to know that when you get up on that block, you know what, I can swim a 101 because of the work I've done you know, previously um, in the lead-up to this, and, and that's kind of how I work, and that's how my team works, and I think that's what I like to instill in kids as well.
0: Well, you know, in the 37 years I've been working as a sports psychologist, I have to be very honest with you, I, I don't think I've been as excited hearing anyone talk as I have listening to your, you share your story because what you've overcome is tremendous, and the attitude you have and the perspective you have and the way you've attacked this is, is, is exactly what I talk to people about all the time because you are, you, you are the perfect example of, of, of success, and I cannot thank you enough for joining us today on, on our show. This is a tremendous, tremendous story. And I sure hope a lot of people listen to our show because you're an inspiration. You're inspiring me, Natalie, to listen to you talk because to do what you've done, to accomplish what you've done, and to have the perspective you have, if, if, if everybody had your perspective, we'd be, people would be better. I mean, people would just have a better attitude and we'd be a better society. Your, your attitude about the way you've dealt with this adversity is tremendous. So I want to congratulate you on that. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. So let me ask this question. If people would like to get a hold of you, I know you're in South Africa. We're in the United States. We've got the internet. People can reach anybody anyway, anywhere now. How can people get a hold of you?
1: Sigmund yeah. um, is just an email address, which is info um, for information. So INF for Freddy O's Oxygen um, at nataliedutoy.co.za. Um, I think that's, yeah, definitely the, the, the most simple. Um, obviously, I'm on social media as well, so N-A-T-S, Detroit, um, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, etc. Um, you know, if I can leave one message with the viewers and, and you know, anybody who's listening is, when I left the schools, um, I had a lot of well-known people that, Um, that have really been role models and mentors in my life. Um, One of them has actually passed away. And that particular gentleman um, said to me, but Natalie, you have, you're a success and whatever you do will be successful. And I had to walk away and think about what they mean, what is it? Um, And to this day, I haven't really found out what it is or what they mean. Um, I just know that you know what, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to give it an opportunity and work the hardest that I can I can work um, and, you know, have that tenacity and just give everything that I have. Um, and again, you know, it's been challenging throughout my business career, but I think the map is because those are the words that I live with every day is what makes you successful. Because in the swimming pool, there are styles and there are ways in which you have to swim which you should swim. But you know, someone like me, um, I didn't really have the legs, so I had to find another way. And there are other ways. There are other, um, you know, chances. There are other opportunities. So it's to go and find them and, and make them yours at the end of the day. Find your own rhythm in life.
0: Well, it sounds like you've definitely found that for yourself. And the goals that you've achieved and you'll continue to achieve are a great example of that. Natalie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Tremendous, tremendous story, and, and I want to wish you continued success in what you're doing. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and you've been listening to Sports Psychology Today, produced in partnership with Washington Times. Great interview today with Natalie Dutrois, who's a disabled athlete from South Africa who's competed in the Olympics, the Paralympics, the Commonwealth Games. She's a champion in life for what she's overcome. For more information on our podcast or to advertise with us, go to wintersunlimited.com or email me at drjwinnersunlimited.com. At and however you're listening, please check out our podcasts every week. Have a great day. You've been listening to Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Follow Dr. Jacobs on Twitter at drjsportpsych. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.